Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? <laughs> well, maybe in my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine, And I'm Stephen. Celine, mm-hmm. in many ways, or in one important way, Fight Club is the opposite of What Should I Think About. Not where I expected us to start on, really. Um, Shall I tell you why I think it's the opposite? Mm. It's because what's the first rule of Fight Club? Uh, that we don't talk about. Don't talk about Fight Club. And the second rule of Fight Club is... That we don't talk about don't it. don't talk about it. But mm. what is the first rule about what should I think about podcast? Well, thinking about it, I Definitely suppose. talk about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that was my little joke. Very good, very good. I hope everyone's enjoyed that. <laughs> Dad joke. We should have yeah. a we should have a little bit of music for it. Or maybe you should have like um like an equivalent swear jar. Yeah, or a trigger warning of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> but um, well, where I thought we'd start off okay, um go. before dad jokes ensued was going to be um, I was going to say the sort of why even wanting to talk about Fight Club on the podcast because i watched it many times and i've never watched it and thought it's cult relevant for some reason i mean it obviously is but i've just not really thought about because you're just mm. so there are other characters but it's really about uh, spoilers ahead obviously but if you're if you've not watched yeah. fight club then let's just really make that really really clear so um you know fight club is a sort of film that um if you've not watched it before as soon as you start talking about it in this way, you are definitely going to spoil it. So yeah, it will be ruined. Absolutely it's ruined in, in the respect that yeah, and it's got it's got its own beauty when you know the twist, if you like. And I really enjoy rewatching it. Actually. Yeah, that's right. But but <laughs> your first viewing will be yeah lost. Yeah. So if that bothers you, then then you know definitely pause the uh the podcast here and um, go and watch it we'll, we'll put a homework uh twitter post Definitely, up again yeah, yeah. um so hopefully everyone saw that and has done as such um so moving swiftly on um yeah it's very much a film about one person you think it's about two people but it's very much a film about one person <laughs> um and the other characters are just sort of there as as part of it it's not really an ensemble cast um so that's why i guess i've not thought about it in cult ways before because cults are often that they are about multiples of people and i wasn't thinking about all those other people that are embroiled in this situation but there's a lot of people that become part of tyler burden's cult (laughs) yeah i mean it's about so many things actually it's one of those films that it's hard to know actually what is it about it's about a lot of different things the main thing that the reason i um, I even thought about watching it i was watching one of my um sort of subscription youtube channels called cinema therapy where they have a therapist and a filmmaker watch a film and then they talk about it in terms of filmmaking and therapy Mm -hmm. um and they were talking about it in the sense of 
toxic masculinity Mm. and like they kind of are embodying this toxic masculinity at its finest i suppose at its worst whichever way you want to word that um you know this what what does it mean to be a man is on big theme it's a big yeah that's a big theme of it and yeah that that's kind of hit the like capitalism commercialism another big theme yeah. yeah um so there's so you say it's about one man yes it is but it's very much white societal questions man, it's the way that yeah. apparently um uh finch describes it the director fincher. um yeah fincher sorry um he describes it as um yeah as as he's meant to be every man which when i read that kind of made me feel unsettled and a bit disturbed because i was like oh well i um, think it's that's a really interesting thing and and it's a great mm-hmm. subject to talk about actually um mm-hmm. we've, we've hinted a little bit i think before so yeah that it, it, i see why you'd be unsettled about it but i would also like to propose a slightly different way of thinking about it yeah, as well i definitely think i'm not you know gonna say that's not the only feeling mm-hmm. but immediate at first mm-hmm. it's like oh <laughs> yeah is this what men want yeah, is this mm. what every man aspires mm. to, wants to be, or is secretly hiding, mm. you know, this version of themselves? Yeah. Um, is that was interesting. And I suppose, uh, I don't know, there's so many things to start with. I mean, potentially that, because some people, it's actually a debate on Cora. So obviously we've had our um, our, our friend come on and talk about um, answering questions mm. on Cora and stuff. But I, so I, when I, I Googled, is Fight Club a cult? You know, someone at the start basically says yes because it does all the things. It has mm. in groups, out groups, mm. um, language that only they use, and mm. yeah. um, you know they all have this uniform that they start wearing mm. and things like that. So they're like, it definitely is a is a cult. Um, someone was like, oh, they're not a religion, so it can't be a cult. That's not true. Well, we know that's that's not a disqualification. There's lots of cults mm-hmm. that are non-religious. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. I feel like yeah, it's hitting whichever model we were to use, bite model, um, you know. Uh, the thing is, because they seem so into it, and often when we talk about like bounded choice or bite, you know, we're talking about it in negative ways. But you could easily well, yeah, but the, but the people in cults are into it. That's yeah, exactly. the whole point. You know, uh, when you're part of it, you are um, you're very enthusiastic. Doesn't mean that you're not. Uh, being manipulated of course and yeah. coerced but um yeah. but yeah you're generally um that there there are positive emotions associated with these groups mm-hmm. uh, as well as as all those negative ones um yeah uh, I, I always like to just give credit to the people that it's due so it was directed as you said by david fincher from uh, adapted from a book chuck i think you've got the book haven't you i do have the book chuck palinuk is yeah, a polish okay. writer yeah um is, is the book very different no they really do lift heavily from the book okay. so um some of the best um some of the best like voiceover is just direct from the book yeah so, there's a lot um, of really good lines in it yeah and it's just lifted direct yeah. i've only actually read um you know about to admit i've only read half because um I, it got my my horrible london flat like rained on half of it <laughs> because <laughs> um, the inside was just basically the outside <laughs> oh, wow. um so i would need to buy a new copy and read it so imagine oh. if you hadn't uh watched the film you you would have a completely 
uh, wrong impression of the book. You've not <laughs> have seen. True. You've not read I the end. Have seen. No, I, I haven't got to in the book. Mm, I don't know the reveal. Technically, no. Um, uh, sorry, who else? Um, and we've got uh, obviously Brad Pitt's in it as yeah. as the alter ego Tyler Durden mm-hmm. and Edward Norton is. He's credited as the narrator. Yeah, although he doesn't have a name. He doesn't, although there's there's a few lines in it that he talks about, this is Jack's such and such, or this is yeah. Jack's. Yeah, he's um, referred so, yeah. to in the screenplay as Jack. Mm. So, you know, when it has, obviously, everyone's lines, so there's Tyler for Tyler Durden. Um, it, he's referred to as Jack. Yeah. And he refers to himself like, I am Jack's seething rage. Or That's like, right. I am um, Jack's uh, medulla obligata. I am... I am Jill's nipple. That's interesting. I didn't notice that one. I am Jack's colon. I am Jack's raging Mm -hmm. bile duct. Mm -hmm. Uh, So these are lines that he just throws in every now and again, which Mm -hmm. are probably more important than actually you realize Mm -hmm. um, because it's kind of telling you something about what that voice is at the time. Mm -hmm. So it's narrated by Edward Norton, this character that, yeah, we, we kind of, we, no one refers to him by name, but no. um, we, we could call Jack. Um, and then we've got some sort of smaller parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meatloaf's in it, um, playing yeah. Bob. Um, um, Marla Singer is Helena bon- Bonham Carter. That's right, yeah. Um, who I think is great casting for it. Does, She's very does good, actually. Very, yeah. yeah, I mean, casting is good for all of them, to be honest. They're very much how you would imagine the costuming is also really good <laughs> it's a very it's a very dirty um, yeah. bloody uh horrible it is grimy everything about it is disgusting i mean um, yeah. i will do a um a, not you know, a, other a tweet. than his ikea house of course that's great yeah we'll come back to that but i was gonna <laughs> say um, i will um i will tell people that we're gonna talk about this so by the time you hear this podcast you'll have been warned if you if you're on twitter anyway um mm. but the everybody might want to watch it yeah well, what i was <laughs> no. gonna say is not everybody might want to watch it because it is very brutal it's very violent um mm-hmm. it's all the things that a good jehovah's witness would never watch so this is one of those cultural things that as jehovah's witnesses i really cannot see any self-respecting practicing jw watching this film Mm -hmm. Uh, but even when you leave you might find it a bit too much there are scenes in it that i find even personally oh my goodness that's awful you know Mm. i'm cringing um because it is so that the violence in it is incredibly brutal it Um, doesn't glorify violence i will say that you don't watch it and go oh because you know like action films the violence is a set piece the violence is it's it's choreographed like a show. Do you know what I mean? This this will be choreographed because it has to be for safety reasons. But it is not it's not choreographed yeah. to look pretty or cool. It's not like when you watch The Matrix and they're That's flailing right. around and they're yeah. on wires. No, it is just grim. Yeah, and and when they when somebody punches somebody in the face or something, you hear like a proper horrible sickening thud. It's not like mm. a you know it's, it's, it's not a, it's not the it's sound a, of the wind followed by like a clap do you know what i mean like um yeah when they do um you know when i've listened to people talk about how they choreograph like the cool sort of like not glorifying but kind of glorifying fight yeah. scenes it's like mm. they're like oh yeah we do like um like a sound as though you're cutting through the air with your punch and then it makes contact mm. this is just fudding spitting yeah. like it's just grim it's horribly grim yeah so um yeah if you haven't watched it and you don't care to watch it that's cool i think there's still a lot in it actually that that is interesting to talk about so you know you mm-hmm. could read the book or just 
listen to this podcast. You could skip the scenes, to be fair. There's a particular yeah. one that I think you're talking about. Is it the Jared Leto yes yeah yeah yeah. so i mean i listened to someone i was talking about this and they were like they they said about that scene being pretty grim but then they're like but haven't we all wanted to do that to jared (laughs) we had the time we didn't know how punchable he would be no they were like his stupid blonde face (laughs) um yeah i think even actually actually in the book he's described as it's probably good casting really because in the book he's described as very punchable (laughs) that's that's the particular scene so if if that comes up and you're particularly not yeah, into that. There's, quite, there's quite just, a lot. Of, just skip. Um, you can... yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's um, it's up to you whether you watch it or not. I mean, I, I think you you find it more enjoyable than me. I've watched it mm. uh, three times now, I think, um, mm. all through your urging. So I hadn't watched it and you told me about it. I had to watch it. I think we watched it in Yorkshire, didn't we? When we were on holiday, yeah. we mm-hmm. bought it um, and um, watched it on holiday. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was obviously I didn't know the twist and I enjoy the film, but I think you like it more, which is strange in a way because it is, I guess mm. it's seen as quite a masculine type uh, story, but um... yeah, well, cause it's like I said, it is about masculinity, but it's also, it's also about yeah commercialism, capitalism. I think yeah, when I psychology, first, really. yeah, exactly. And when I first, yeah, stuff like this, I always, a, I love a twist and mm. it has a good twist. So mm. I enjoy that. And I enjoy watching, the craftsmanship of making a film like that yeah, yeah. because it's like it's, it's all so obvious when you know like yeah. there's that scene where um sorry do you want to just tell um the listeners what we're talking about so uh what, what is the twist what is the of what course, is the film we're being so careful but mm-hmm. now we don't have to right. um so tyler durden and um narrator are one and the same mm-hmm. so he is um he's an insomniac so we find out that he's not sleeping mm. um, presumably because he's so emotionally inept or like someone described it once i think emotionally constipated that he um that he he's just like not functioning in other ways so he can't sleep um the way that's kind of displayed to you is that when he is able to cry he sleeps um, like I said, all babies don't sleep this weird. Um, yeah, so mm-hmm. it's, this is the Edward Norton character. He's got a boring job. It's, a, it's like your typical setup in a way. He works in an organisation that, well, they, they make cars, a car manufacturer, but his job is to use a formula that determines whether a fault in a, a part or in a car that's caused an accident, whether that requires a recall or not. Yeah. And it's down to a mathematical formula, which again is a really interesting commentary on the way that society will weigh up risks like we talked mm-hmm. about on mm-hmm. on our podcast before and at what point do you say well you know that there's too many people that are going to die from this mm-hmm. actually there's not enough people that are going to die from this we'll we'll let people mm-hmm. take a risk on that so it's it this is his life he he does this and he, he, does he, this. Goes, he goes home to his sad little yeah. house which looks quite nice but all he... filled with ikea stuff which is hilarious sitting in my room full of ikea <laughs> there's a brilliant scene where he's sat on the toilet um yeah. and he's looking at a magazine yeah. And obviously the trope is there that he's looking at some sort of pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, but now he's looking at the IKEA catalogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's just choosing like some new like table or something, yeah. you know, he's got his home exo bike and he's got you know, he's like yeah, he's just, it is quite funny because that's later on what they're talking about. They're like, You're not your car, you're not your furniture, that's you're not right. your car keys. That's where he starts. So we get, yeah, we have him 
in this situation. And then we he's dealing with this insomnia and it comes back because he's been basically going to these classes, these like yeah, workshop so his, his way to try and overcome his insomnia. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, he gets told by his doctor to just go to this. If you want to know what um, real, suffering, real is. suffering is, go to this this self-help group mm-hmm. um, and it's for men who are suffering from testicular cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how he gets into these mm-hmm. these self-help groups, isn't it? Yeah, someone also pointed out an interesting thing um, on that cinema therapy episode. We can probably link this in the mm. show notes because it's an yeah, interesting app. Um, but yeah, they were saying it's interesting that it's testicular cancer when it's um, about, uh, uh, you know, mm. one of the major themes is masculinity. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, yeah. Of course, mm. it, it would be. And then how there's this strange theme throughout about chopping people's balls off. Because <laughs> it's yeah, emasculating I'm people, yeah, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. what is masculinity? And I think that's there in that. And, and it's oh, like, absolutely. You know, it's, it, of course. It and is. of course, um, Bob, who is played by mm. Meatloaf, Meatloaf. Um, <laughs> he's... He, through some obviously non-scientific, mm-hmm. uh, also pseudo-scientific explanation, mm-hmm. ends up taking hormones and he ends up with uh, breasts essentially, mm-hmm. and um, and that's and part of their therapy is to hug each other. And he's mm-hmm. a, a very obviously again this is it's it is all about emasculation. It's all about mm-hmm. um, men not being uh, men, if you like, by yeah. by some sort of standard. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're at this group called Men Being Men Together or something. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he manages to cry, but then eventually, and he got, starts going to loads of these groups, and he just and it's helping him sleep. So he's yeah. realised that if he can go to these groups, get all emotional, start crying, mm-hmm. then he can sleep. Yeah. Then that gets stopped by Marla Singer because yes, at base, as uh, I think as he describes it, she reflects his lies, so he can't mm. he can't do it anymore. Basically. Yeah, she's turning up. Um, at these mm-hmm. things like his, I mean, the, the hilarious a one. Tourist. So he's got the insomnia back at this point. That's the position he's in when yeah, I guess things right. begin deteriorating worse. Yeah. So more. it's at four. I think it's four minutes. Obviously, that includes the credits. So mm-hmm. really, you're you're very early into the film, and there's this kind of flick. There's like a yeah. little visual flick yeah, where you if you don't know it, if you don't know what it is, you, you just think there's notice. a problem with the video or something. And it's, you might not even notice. No, it's very right. quick. I didn't notice yeah. the first time. It's uh, and you see the Brad Pitt character just very mm-hmm. literally a split second. Yeah, and uh, but then, that's the first time that happens, and it happens a number yeah. of times. And yeah, it does, but you just don't notice it. I mean, the best, the best one is they tell you right at the start. That's right. They tell you because he says, "Could you get on a plane as one person and get off as a different person?" Mm. And the camera's tracking, tracking narrator character, the one that yeah. we know, and then it swaps and tracks Tyler Durden's character. Yeah. Yeah. It literally tells you in no I mean, it, in it does, no more simple terms. This is also, this man in the very first scene. So a lot of this we're telling it in a kind of linear way, but a lot of the uh, the stuff is done in flashback. And in fact, the mm. the very first scene is the scene at the end. So you you kind of see the whole thing. Um, but the the very first scene is he says about this explosion that's going to happen. I mm. know this because Tyler knows this. Mm-hmm. Again, they're telling you that these two are the same yeah. person. Mm-hmm. And people always ask me if I know Tyler Durden, he says. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, they're trying to... Well, it, obviously, it's it's the beauty of a 
it's a conjuring trick it's you know it, it, mm. look this is it you know and, and it's but did you, but it's so obvious they're literally mm. they're not even getting you to look away is the thing yeah. though. they are getting you to look at it and you're just like mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> i think the reason it's cool in cinema because when you do i suppose um the reason i find it even more fun when i'm watching it versus reading it because i do love to read as well but i think in cinema i find it cool because you kind of almost believe cinema more when you're vi- mm. watching it like unreliable narrators in books yeah. you kind of you're like oh yeah we're just in mm. someone's head so anything could really be true if it's a first person narrative we're used to that as an idea but then when it's in film it's like well i'm seeing it so it must be but then yeah when it gets yeah. thrown and turned around and you see what it really looks like and you're like oh yeah because we're just seeing this from the point of view of him it's still a point of view narrative um, yeah so absolutely kind of enjoy yeah. it your your defenses are a bit more down i think so I think we, we we tend to take um scenes we, we are much more ready to take scenes in mm-hmm. a film and television as literal i suppose we, we, it's we that psychological that, thing mm. that concept of um eyewitnesses Mm, how, yeah. when someone's seen something mm. we're like well they saw it so it must be more true like we're much more willing sure. to believe things that people say they're an eyewitness to so that's yeah. interesting he's obviously had a problem then he's he's, he's struggling with um mm-hmm. he's sleeping he thought he found an answer but this woman's ruined it for him in a way because she's also turning up mm-hmm. so they, they kind of they make an arrangement doing, yeah. yeah but bef- um i think it's before they make the arrangement quite quickly after he's met tyler on the plane yeah so this he's is where he's yeah. sat, sat next to this guy so brad pitt is sat there and um the narrator mm-hmm. sits next to him and they have a conversation now obviously we if you've watched it before like and you know now this is a conversation he's having with himself yeah. He's imagining this conversation, mm-hmm. always literally talking to himself. Yeah. Um, but from our viewpoint, this mm-hmm. is just a conversation with this mm-hmm. guy who's kind of a bit strange, kind of cool, but, um, yeah. you know, yeah. He's charismatic. Charismatic is the word, absolutely. Um, and he's very, like, I suppose he's willing to say the things that people aren't always willing to say, you know, how... Um, our narrator is is doing the required you know has job yes goes to work has the condo has the nice ikea furniture you know does 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 the expected and and so on but then you've got yeah we've got tyler who's like i make and sell soap um i know how to do bombs um you can do anything with soap you know he's very like (laughs) you can blow pretty much anything up with soap (laughs) yeah and you know and it's very like and it was he's like yeah why do they have oxygen on planes look at them calm as hindu cows is what he says and he's like you know quite willing and enjoys pointing out why society is wrong it it is it's all the it's all the commentary on society so he he talks about um well part of the story is that while he's away on this uh this business trip Mm -hmm. um his apartment gets gets blown up yeah. Uh, we don't know why but then he he goes and finds mm-hmm. um tyler and during this conversation is when you start to the, the real dynamic starts and he talks about you know mm-hmm. i was almost there i was almost complete i almost had everything i needed yeah. from the ikea catalog you know uh, and that's when he's told by tyler you know we're, we're just consumers yeah uh the things you own end up owning you which is a mm-hmm. great line yeah, and he says something like, stop sort of chasing perfect and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, that's right. All of this just sort of like, you know, stop, stop 
chasing perfection. Just That's right. Be. Yeah. Um, and at that point, we uh, a bit more narration about Tyler. Mm-hmm. So we we learn that Tyler doesn't sleep during the night. He goes to work. He's yeah. Working he gets in, one hour of sleep a day. Yeah, he's working in hotels. He's working in uh, kitchens. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, all doing yeah. all these all these things. Yeah, so, I mean, they're telling you again. Mm. They're like, yeah, he doesn't sleep. I mean, who mm. else do we know that doesn't sleep? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but you just go like, oh, yeah. Mm. It's it almost like you're like, yeah, then I suppose that's why they get on. That's right, um, and all through this, um, so there's a probably don't need to go scene by scene because it's there's a lot of stuff that is telling you the same things, and it's, it's mm-hmm. really it hits you in the face, <laughs> which is uh, quite appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like lots of pictures of um, beautiful men selling um, clothing and perfume and um, boxes, l- boxer mm-hmm. shorts, and yeah, all of this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of, of talk about, um, you know, being controlled and being consumers. Mm-hmm. And we, we get little clips in and out of where he's back at work again. And, yeah. uh, you know, the way that the boss talks about, uh, you know, can I have this button in Topak Blue or something? Oh, he says, cornflower you know, Blue. Cornflower Cause, blue. Yeah, because he he's like, it's Tuesday because he's wearing his Cornflower Blue tie. So yes. he, like, knows what day it is, but, yeah. you know, he's... Mm. he's behaviors absolutely so we, we it's again it's telling us all about this stuff so um it might be a good time to to maybe talk about this emasculation question because mm-hmm. obviously it goes on then to in a way he does something about it because he starts this fight club which yeah. is is the antidote to that in some respects for him mm-hmm. and the men that get involved in it but yeah um you said early on how it's kind of a bit disturbing in a way you know is this is this what men want? And mm. I think that's a good. It's a good question. So yeah, it's it's. There's obviously a commentary there on men's roles in society, and mm. I guess it's it's at the heart of of some of the this toxic masculinity stuff. I mean, um, Riley and I talked about some of this stuff um, when we. Uh, what was it we were talking about now? Um, was it the mate? Tricks. No. No. Yeah, because it was. Yeah, it was the red pill thing, but using that. Well, we did. In a toxic we did. Masculinity we did mention one. that, but um, we we were we were talking about men um, mo- going men's their own movements. Way or that's it. Yeah. So we're talking about the MGTOW MGTOW movement, men mm. going their own way, and I think that's that's sort of keying into that. So this was this film came out in 1999. I don't know when the book was written. 96, I believe. Okay. So, um, you know, we're a good 20 years on from that, really. Um, and yet it's probably an even bigger question now. There's this I don't even know fear. if we used the term toxic masculinity when it think... first came out, but it was definitely what they're talking about. That's right. They do talk about snowflakes in that as well, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, I didn't realise they... how old that term was. That's right. And I guess that's that's something that is, is probably worth addressing it's it's a bigger mm-hmm. question than you know we're going to solve but is is there a need for us to think about how men 
see themselves and mm-hmm. yeah is there a risk that uh, men feel outside of uh, society and and in fact put upon so much that they want to explore their masculinity in a in another way which ends mm-hmm. up being toxic yeah it's 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 interesting i i mean i i i mean i've said this before so it's not like it's a revelation i i've never been a particularly you know masculine man you know mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing it's not my scene but i I said how you know I liked. In fact, we had a podcast quite some time ago where mm-hmm. we we did that little kind of questionnaire thing, didn't we? We mm-hmm. looked at what it means yes. to be a man and what it means to be a woman. Um, and I, you know, I loved rugby. For instance, I used to love playing rugby when I was younger, and part mm-hmm. of that was was the feeling of aggression and you know getting stuck into a tackle and stuff like that was was fun. I, I had I've never had a desire to hit people but i understand that boxing can be quite therapeutic mm-hmm. and some men find that a really useful way to channel their aggression maybe mm-hmm. i don't know it's a subject i don't know very much about but maybe there is a question about how do you channel feelings of aggression into a useful yeah well i suppose a useful way for society you know we don't want men to be setting up fight clubs where they beat the hell out of each other um, no that's not the that's, answer <laughs> no and that's not really the point either because it's, it's not it, yeah it shows you how like damaging it is and that yeah even the person that created it is like desperate for it to go away and to stop you know that's right yeah um it's it's insanity it's it's, yeah. it's it's uh it's the result of insanity mm-hmm. um but there's also uh, something there that is saying that um that we're not catering to, or at least society is not geared up to um, allow men to um, to be a certain type of man. Mm. And is that a good thing or, or a bad thing? You know, I, I, I don't know. I think it's up to people to take responsibility for their needs. Do you know what I mean mm. as well? So it's like, yeah, people can seek that out through controlled measures. Like you can join a boxing club or mm. you can yeah join rugby or football mm. um you know i know quite a lot of people that go to um uh, it's called brazilian boxing jiu-jitsu karate people that go to rugby that that's how they kind of go yeah. out and deal with their like i don't know going out and feeling yeah i mean even even cycling can be like that so you know you, you find yourself going up a big hill and mm. you're uh, with every um mm. yeah with every single pedal push you know you're swearing because mm-hmm. you're you're in so much pain it's so hard mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. um that that is, in itself can uh can be very therapeutic so mm-hmm. yeah i think you're right it's um maybe it's highlighting a an issue but it's how you then deal with that issue isn't it i mean the, the frustration of modern life the frustration and the pointlessness the meaningless of life is a is a universal question and isn't just men obviously this film is is particularly Mm -hmm. geared to that but Mm -hmm. um but yeah women i'm sure feel have the same questions you know (laughs) what am i doing (laughs) how important is my job you know yeah this desire for purpose and to achieve something Mm. but feeling like you're not is definitely there and also one thing that I found particularly interesting, though, is that the language that uh, the narrator starts to use about 
Tyler when he's trying to find him when he still doesn't know that he is Tyler. And he's like, oh, I knew there was a fight club near. He was setting up franchises up and down the country. Yes. So they start out by talking about like getting rid of a, cof- a, like a, a coffee franchise. And, mm. um, you know, a, a big part of their project is to get rid of franchises and companies. And that's right. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's like because they get the birds to poop on a car dealership. So all the cars look horrible, like all commercialism, capitalism, like hitting all the like, you know, particular models of car that they think represents. Um, mm. a life that they've been allocated to that they don't like and yeah they don't like the adverts of the like Calvin Klein boxes because it represents again an allocation of a life they don't want mm. and this yeah sort of cycle they don't want to be a part of but then yeah Tyler goes out and is making franchises everywhere to his yeah. own end so why is his yeah. any different or better that's right I mean there's there's no money changing hands but there's status mm-hmm. um, and you know the uh, the narrator, obviously, the other side of of the Tyler character, is mm-hmm. called Sir. He's very much the the person that is, mm-hmm. you know, is respected and given all this honour. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a, a greasy pole there that essentially, you know, he has now mm-hmm. climbed up. He's now the the person in charge. So mm-hmm. is that what it's about? Really, is it about? It's not so much about the system. It's about who's who's at the top of that tree. You know. Yeah, because I mean that's something again that they're really angry about. So yeah, they talk about like um, they talk about white collar specifically, but then also later on, I suppose it would be that, that it's white collar and blue collar workers alike. It's kind of that that differentiation is gone. But it is um, you know, when they're threatening that police chief, they're like, we're the people that take out your trash, we serve your food, we guard you, we do yeah. this. You know, all these sort of like individuals that he probably doesn't think about and don't matter to him this man that they're holding down they're just they're like we're the people that could take you down if we wanted now like it's a thing about power as well i think power is really yeah important and this taking back of power and it's you know they're gonna do it and it's them that will be the ones that matter in the rubble you know and they destroy the world and it's in chaos because they're kind of anarchists um Yeah, I kind think, of. I think they are just anarchists because they, they anarchists, want to wipe yeah. the debt to zero and, like, That's you right. know, this guy's saying it will be chaos. Mm. Um, they want the chaos, and I guess they think potentially they can rise and make the world anew. You know? Yeah, I think that's right, and it maybe you, you've hit the nail on the head there about power. Maybe that actually it really is about that. So one of the things I think men and women, every universal a universal feeling is is a feeling of lack of empowerment that we get. Mm in society um we we feel you know we, we don't have any control the governments you know if you think about a lot of of the issues that we have in society it's about yeah. feeling of powerlessness you know and that's expressed mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways actually um on the right it's expressed often through you know i'm not having the government telling me what to do i'm fed up with, with all mm-hmm. these laws and rules and regulations i want to do what i want to do you know so freedom from rules and freedom from the government um determining what you do on the other side you've got a feeling of um empowerment to be who you want to be you know so maybe you know i I, my own identity is is not being understood i want my identity to be recognized Mm -hmm. and understood as a trans person or as a as a gay person or as you know whatever identity i want to choose for myself but again that's taking power back for yourself so Mm -hmm. actually a lot doesn't really matter who you are your frustrations with society are often down to a feeling of powerlessness and everybody has the the trud the drudgery of going to work 
um, having to do jobs that often you don't want to do and seem meaningless you know there's mm-hmm. that's a very very old trope in all sorts of art mm-hmm. um you know that the the dull job where you're doing something that's pointless really mm-hmm. there was a for our uk listeners maybe it's a, quite a niche thing but there was a a series when i was growing up called the rise and fall of reginald perrin mm-hmm. or the fall and rise of reginald perrin i think um but that was it's a it was a comedy sitcom really but it was beautifully done leonard rossiter a great english actor uh played this character and again that was the same sort of thing it was done in comedy but you know they were determining what these desserts should be called mm-hmm. you know it's like who cares really you know it's such a pointless yeah. thing and yet mm-hmm. it's, there's all these boring men in suits sitting around deciding whether it should be this or that mm-hmm. you know oh mm-hmm. and yeah. you do feel like that sometimes when you're at work don't you it's like oh mm-hmm. does it matter really you know <laughs> i know i think another thing that's interesting because you're saying that and it makes me think of that scene where yeah he's like saying yeah and um him over there he really likes this idea and then he shows him his like bloody horrible teeth um instead but i was just thinking of that scene and how we're saying now it's a very men heavy thing i don't i think the only time you see a woman is when he's like she's in he's leaving that place in the office and there's like happens to be a woman in the office like that he walks past and looks mortified by him i don't think there's like that they're like probably background characters but they're never yeah in it Um, the marla there are no no um, she's just female characters which is again that's really interesting because the complaint of the men in this is that they are too many women they're being controlled (laughs) and they uh, don't have any freedom and they Mm -hmm. are you they're know, raised yet, by women, fathers, yeah. sons of no that's right, raised yeah. by women. That's a thing that that's right. About. And yet, actually, all the power seems to be in the With men's them. hands. Yeah, because there's all of the bosses, all of the people talking, making important decisions in mm. that room are men. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, when he's him and his fight club, it's all men, you know, it's not. And that's not yeah. to say that, like we said, women could be feeling these issues too, but for them, it's about men. That's right. Yeah, and that's a, I think that's a really interesting point because I think that also comes up mm-hmm. in these modern movements where, um, for some reason, the, the, there's this there's this type of manhood, if you like, or analysis mm-hmm. by certain men who somehow don't see that they 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 see themselves as being the victims mm-hmm. of some tyranny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yet, when you actually look at it from the outside, mm. you know, which is impossible in a way, but if you try and do mm-hmm. that in an objective way, that's just not what you're seeing, really. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's something we talked about with Riley going back mm-hmm. a few months now. Okay. I have one more sort of question. I don't know how long yeah. this will take us, but because um, okay. I feel like it might be a fairly long one. Is You know, I always ask that question, like, um, to people, often our guests, and I've asked it to you as well, like, do cult leaders think they're cult leaders um right now this is this mm-hmm. is i think a really great point because i've mm-hmm. this is where i've i've written so about an hour and a half into the film is where i think it becomes a cult properly because yeah. yeah. this is when they start essentially recruiting yeah so this is when people come in and want to stay mm-hmm. in the house and um this is when they start yeah. to make the bombs and all of that sort of stuff yeah. so i think yeah. it's it's then actually that it becomes a proper cult if mm-hmm. you like mm-hmm. um and yeah and in many ways the the cult leader is an accidental cult leader mm-hmm. because he's mentally ill 
So one of the things that makes cult leaders cult leaders is this sort of mercurial mm-hmm. um, characteristic that often you see in these leaders. So it's one of my favorite words, mercurial. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, before we understood astronomy, uh, Mercury, mm-hmm. um, the planet Mercury was obviously just a dot in the sky, it looked like an, another mm-hmm. star, but it wouldn't behave in ways that all the other stars would because it looked like from the from Earth, it looked like it would go one way and then, then go another way through mm-hmm. the seasons and through the, through the months. So this word mercurial comes from this idea that you can't predict it, it's unpredictable, mm-hmm. which I love that. Oh, that is just so brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but cult leaders are often quite mercurial, which means you don't quite know where you stand with them. You know, one and minute they'll say with... one thing yeah. and you don't deal with this character. And that's because he's mentally ill. He's mm-hmm. one minute. He is literally another person. Mm-hmm. And that's why one minute he's saying, you know, we want to make these bombs and blow up these buildings. Mm-hmm. And the next minute he's, he's horrified by that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one minute he says, you're not allowed to give people names. Mm-hmm. The next minute, this man had a name. They, and that's the thing that I think is interesting is that, it's gone so far now that he can't undo it because he's starting to yeah. almost come to at this point. It's like, he's yeah. starting to realize. Um, and they're like, everything he says is like, yeah, it's not a religious cult in the sense that they don't have a religious text or something, but he's like their God and they interpret him. Exactly. They interpret him. Like people interpret the Bible. Yeah. Cause they're like, he's like, he had a name and it was Robert Paulson. They're like, yes, yes. An interpretation off the go. And they're like, yeah, it's because yeah. he's, he's now dead. Um, yeah, so when you're name. alive, you don't have a name, but when you die, so the then you have a name, and they, yeah. they turn it into a chance, don't and they? Yeah, yeah. So that was, yeah, and he's mortified. He's just like, oh my God, it's gone so far. Yeah. There's nothing I can do. So it's interesting. I mean, yeah, I, I think in this film, he doesn't know he's a cult leader. Um, I don't even know if his alter ego thinks he is. Maybe his alter ego thinks he is, but in terms of the core narrator character he Mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't know he's a cult leader but he behaves in a way that essentially ticks all the cult leader boxes also um he treats uh marla in the same way so Mm -hmm. that is that itself is a kind of coercive relationship it's a very toxic relationship Mm -hmm. but he doesn't know it he doesn't know that's what that's what he's doing to her because he thinks that she's sleeping with tyler and that's not him yeah but he is <laughs> so yeah i think it's that is really interesting for me that was like one of those slightly um tingle down your spine moments when when you saw his followers mm. as you say interpret his words to allay that cognitive dissonance you know that mm-hmm. was literally a, a point of dissonance oh you told us that nobody had names and now you're saying that he's mm-hmm. he's got a name they mm-hmm. have to now resolve that somehow and the way they resolve it is through right when you're alive you don't have a name in project mayhem but when you're dead then we 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 say mm-hmm. your name that's that's mm-hmm. the way it works um i thought that was really really clever yeah and as you know we we like to review these films from a cult reading that is absolutely bob on when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. calls <laughs> yeah if some things like yeah if some things disrupting your narrative you just find a way to make That's it right. make sense you know armageddon's coming in 1914 well actually it's not it, mm-hmm. the presence came in 1914 but um, and it's this way of of rearranging your thoughts to mm-hmm. make sure that 
yeah, you're able to resolve that that difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I think that's really important. Um, where are we up to with the actual film? So we're kind of getting to the point where they're now doing this big, this Project big job, mayhem. Project mm-hmm. Mayhem, where they're blowing up these buildings that mm-hmm. are going to set the the credit clock back to mm-hmm. zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's now waking up, isn't he? So this is yeah. a waking up process again. We could say analogous to coming out of a cult. Sure, mm-hmm. he's the cult leader in a way, but he's also um, he's also like a, a member, a member of Tyler's cult because they That's are. Right. He, he does have. Um, there's a proper name for it. I can't remember now, but basically, like multiple personality yeah. disorder, and not and like I know that the you know some people can have that and. You know, they live kind of almost just accepting that they have these additional parts of personality sort of inhabiting this one body. This is not one of those circumstances. Um, this is like he's being taken over by some sort of evil force. Um, and yeah, he's he's he was cult member one. He's, yeah, are you the first member of your own cult? Yes, that's another question I've asked. Yeah, for him, for him certainly. He yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. He 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 joins his own cult at the very beginning. Oh, something that we've not mentioned, because I think we, we have started jumping around, but that's fine because of mm. the way that this film is. Yeah. I think that's fine. Um, one thing we haven't mentioned is when he's like threatening that poor convenience store man oh, yes. to become a vet. Yes, that's yeah. his ideology there. Mm. Um, yeah. So he he um, so the Tyler uh, him as Tyler mm-hmm. um, storms into a convenience store and uh, mm-hmm. yeah takes him out the back and tells him he's going to kill him. Unless he become, starts becoming a vet, they'll check on him and all of this. And he's like, that's going to be the best breakfast he ever has tomorrow because <laughs> he's got like this new invigoration of life. Right. And yeah. yeah, people debate, is that true or not? Or is he just going to like, you know, be terrified? Will he suffer from PTSD? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is a great question. I mean, what mm-hmm. he's trying to do is, is wake him up from his own indoctrination mm-hmm. into a world that he's built built for himself mm-hmm. where he doesn't think he can do it and he doesn't mm-hmm. think you know he just gives up on himself and so mm-hmm. he's trying to shock him out of that mm-hmm. um yeah i guess that's that's yeah that's a really good question um clearly yeah. it's not the way to to uh, break somebody no. out of their reverie but, but this um, is kind of like his ideology that's right. um being presented his cult ideology and then also what's interesting um when i was listening to the um, YouTube channel talking about the fer- cinema therapy one. They were saying how um, it's all framed to make Tyler be the powerful one, and you to kind of believe what Tyler's saying. Like, yeah, he's mm. going to have a great day tomorrow. He's starting the mm. new time of his life because this is when they're you know starting the new getting people to join cults. That's right. Sort of, you know, they're getting homework and jobs to do and all yeah. this. Um, and uh, yeah, he, uh, the narrator character said, and it kind of made sense. And you're sitting there, and I can see the filmmaker idea is to make you think, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. getting like drawn into his cult. And That's then right. he says, but in a Tyler sort of way. And then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. In a Tyler That's right. sort of way. But it shows you how easy it is to get drawn into a mm-hmm. um, an ideology that is actually really quite damaging. Cause, uh, cause, uh, yeah, just because uh, the gun was empty doesn't mean that it's not as harmful. At what point does that become in any way? a powerful tool to help somebody mm-hmm. to uh mm-hmm. to make a new start with their life um mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't but somehow mm-hmm. these uh these charismatic characters can can mm-hmm. somehow get people to yeah forget that mm-hmm. um yeah i think that's that's very 
That's very good. Yeah, he's definitely, at this point, he's definitely a cult leader. And going back to the joining thing in cults, it's not that easy to join, really. Mm -hmm. Or at least it feels like you have to go through a process. So he makes them go through a process. That's right. For Jehovah's Witnesses, you have to study for a few months and answer Mm -hmm. questions. There's a a test. Um, And other cults, you know, have different ways. And for them, they have to... Um, they're told first of all that they're no good. They're too young. They're too stupid. They're too pretty, or whatever. If they're, yeah, they're like if they're if they're fat, tell them they're too fat. If they're young, tell them they're too young. That's right. Yeah. So find out the thing that they don't like about themselves and home in on that to make them feel worthless and useless. Um, and the the more that you do that, the more they want to join. Um, and once they're in, they're in, obviously, and then they're part of it. Um, so yeah, I thought that that was a again classic kind of cult recruitment, really. Yeah, yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, um, so I suppose in in terms of of the film, it ends where it began with Tyler and the narrator talking. Obviously, he's talking to himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gun that was in his mouth, he's obviously doing that to himself. Mm-hmm. And he actually shoots himself. Um, and that's how he gets rid of Tyler. Yeah. yeah. Which is not a mental health recommendation, obviously. <laughs> um, but that's how it happens in the film. Yeah. Um, he blasts himself. Um, one thing that was interesting is that somewhere I was reading, there's this idea of um, once he does that, he's not the same person he was at the beginning, nor is he Tyler. He's like a new iteration and he's taken certain bits, yeah. which you can kind of notice because he's still commanding his little men around me like get me some gauze yeah you know and he's much more confident and kind of like you know yeah yeah yeah. and and that's quite interesting you know from a a leaving a cult perspective um i think that's relevant you know even if Mm -hmm. you're not a born in if you join and you've been in any amount of time um you're not gonna ever be exactly the same person you were before you went in um there'll be things that life changes you no matter what your life was Yeah, yeah Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was quite interesting. Um, the mm-hmm. thing we haven't said, although we've, I suppose, alluded to it, is there's quite a lot of humour in it. Um, some yeah, of the yeah, lines of course, are very yeah. funny, mm-hmm. and the very last line is is very. You funny. met me at a strange time in my <laughs> <Yes>. life. <laughs> great. Which is very funny. Yeah, yeah, and it's just delivered beautifully. I mean, the acting in it is great, actually. Oh, um, my favourite when he's like. It was poetic in a way. We were selling their own fat asses back to them because they're getting like the liposuction fat and turning yeah. it into soap and selling it. For, yeah. And like, yeah, selling it for £20 a bar. She's like, it's the best soap, so creamy. He's yeah. like, I wonder how much they're selling it back to these women. Well, that is really funny. That is. That, and that's like one of the biggest. Like obvious criticisms, the whole commercialism thing, yeah. yeah that's right. Paying money to have to be liposuctioned so that they can pay money to buy so- soap that's made of their own fat asses <laughs> is just a really funny concept. It is. It's brilliant. Yeah. Mm. So there are quite a few, uh, quite a lot of moments in it that are mm-hmm. that are funny. And I mean, you you can say in many respects the whole thing is is an allegory. It's not meant to be realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think that's how you make soap. Um, I don't think. Um, you know, it's supposed to be taken literally. It's mm-hmm. it is an allegory, but uh, beautifully done and, and mm-hmm. really well uh, well written. Mm-hmm. Filmmaking was was great. As I said, it is mm-hmm. violent. So if you don't like the violence, then that's that's a bit of a downer. But um, but yeah, very very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is well, there anything we missed? No, I think I think we've got it now because I went just skipped back onto the one that yeah. we missed before. Yeah. Um, think um hit my major points yeah um 
I think um, I suppose the only other thing I would say is that um, that the, the characters of the two. So mm-hmm. thinking about identity, mm-hmm. um, the Edward Norton, you know, as a as a man, he's a smaller, less muscular, mm-hmm. less traditionally kind of handsome. Man, uh, Brad Pitt he, wears you know, standard he's, clothes, and yeah, Brad know. Pitt's Brad Pitt, isn't he? You know, and <laughs> he's, um, yeah, he wears all these kind of outlandish, um, he does, but thing, he pulls maybe it that's off, why you know? everyone at Goldsmiths loves it because it's anti capitalism, anti commercialism. Yeah. He's wearing aggressive thrift store fluffy coats. I mean, yes. that's how everyone at Goldsmiths dressed. <laughs> um, just add a cowboy hat and you're away, to be honest, yeah, absolutely. But he, in some respects, you know, there is a there is a male fantasy of being mm-hmm. somebody like Brad Pitt, isn't there? Yeah. You know, I guess it must be great to look so good, to be so cool. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's I think there's that element to it as well, and, mm-hmm. and the, that there's no surprise that the Edward Norton character creates that. Well, he describes ego. that's what the alter ego says to him. It's like I didn't make you some like, you know. Basic. I can't remember the words, but basically, I didn't make. I didn't imagine you a wet wipe of a man. Um, he's like, you know, you created me. Um, I look how you want to look. Talk That's how right. you want to talk. I mean, he yeah. goes so far as to say, "Fuck how you want to fuck." He just, you know, he says yeah. all of that. Um, yeah. So he's like, "I'm your. Uh, you made me. Why do you want to get rid of me? I'm everything you want." Yeah. Um, but uh, there is a there is an element there that that says. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really about the attitude. So actually, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter that much because no. you know. He 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 still got the girl, and he still um, made the call. Made he the call. He did, yeah. uh, you know, looking like he looks he was, and being was, how he yeah. is. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's quite. It's about the attitude as much as and confidence mm-hmm. than it is mm-hmm. about those matters. So I thought that was quite. Yeah. That was quite mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, nice good suggestion, uh, Celine. I enjoyed that chat about. Um, Fight Club. About Fight Club, forgot the name of it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed that. And um, yeah, definitely, we just keep finding these films that are mm-hmm. so relatable to, to cults. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think we should just continue to, to do these. Maybe our next one should be another Fincher and we should do Gone Girl and talk about coercive relationships. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's mm. a good one. Potential future homework. <laughs> Right. Indeed, there's there's a series on Apple actually that I want to um, get you to watch, Celine. Oh, you saw the first three episodes Severance, with us, didn't we? Yeah, Severance. Yeah. So that is a really interesting one. And uh, if you've got Apple TV, then watch Severance. It's a series. Um, I won't I won't do the the whole what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out anyway because um, that's one I definitely want to talk mm-hmm. about in the future. Um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. not you know Apple isn't that popular at the moment in terms of. Uh, people watching it but um yeah hopefully more and more people mm. will see it it's definitely an interesting one nice all right awesome. thank you very much right. for listening don't thank forget you. the first rule of what should i think about is you must talk about what should i think about write a review share it on twitter <laughs> tell a friend Indeed. all of that jazz thank you bye. bye what should i think about is an evil sheep production bye